This is Fantasy Book Club. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Book Club. This is the Internet's Book Club and just by listening, you're a member. My name is Colton Pratt. And I am... Sydney Lyerly. That's true about her. She is Sydney Lyerly. I am. I am. I am. I am. And listener, this is our first week doing the new uh, longer reading schedule thing. Yes. So if you remember from last week, we said we're going longer now because uh, we're trying to get all of these books finished before Book the five. new one comes out in December. So we who's ready to, to read three whole books in a year. In a year, which to be, to be, I've already read yeah. four, so it is only January. Sydney's read four in a month, so it's not like it's going to be impossible, but uh, the, the reading amount is going to be a little bit higher, which means a couple things. One, in order to keep the episodes similar in length, we're going to yeah. go through these chapters a, a little bit faster than we normally do. Yep. So be patient with us. If we skip important things and stuff, we're going we're gonna to work on it, try and make it perfect. So, listener, if you hear things that you would like us to improve or change about the way we're doing it this way... Uh, let us know on Instagram, on the post that comes out when this came yes. out. Leave a comment. Tell us if we miss details or if you'd rather just – or if, if you're the kind of person who says, you know, I'd rather sit and listen to you guys ramble for three hours. Oh, uh, my gosh. Let us know. We probably won't do that. Do you guys really like us that much? But if you <laughs> if you decide you'd rather us go into the same level of detail and, and just go longer, let us know if you like that. We might do it. Um, but really, we're looking for feedback right now because yeah. this episode might be a little bit different than normal. Yep. That's all. Right. all. Uh, th- how what do we read this week, Sydney? This week we read chapter three through eleven, and you want to hear what we're reading next week? Twelve, Good. interlude one, two, three, and four. We're already to the interludes in week three. How did we do that? That's crazy. Well, we've also read like a hundred some pages already. Yeah, um, one hundred sixty almost. So we're reading chapters twelve, interlude one, two, three, and four. Chapters thirteen and fourteen and fifteen. So twelve through fifteen, technically. But uh, 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 so a good number. Yes. It sounds like four, but in reality, it's nine. <laughs> Yeah, well, just wait till the week after that, and then the week after that. We're just doing a lot of reading. Just be ready to read. That's okay. Yeah, we like if reading. If you're here, if you like to read books, this is the. Book- if you don't like to read books, what are you doing Why here? Why are you in a this book club? This is a club. book club. You, you complete doofus. <laughs> okay. Anyway, chapter three is a Sydney chapter. You ready? All righty, chapter three. You ready? Chapter three. I'll read the little Navani bit. Well, what's the, the title? Journal bit. Sorry, chapter three's title is pattern. <laughs> and here's pattern. the little uh, journal bit from Navani. It says, soldiers reported being watched from afar by an unnerving number of Parshendi scouts. Then we noticed a new pattern of their penetrating. Uh, then we noticed a new pattern of their penetrating close to the camps in the night and then quickly retreating. I can only surmise that our enemies were even then preparing their stratagem. Stratagem? Stratagem, yeah. <laughs> that's a weird word. To end this war. And that's from Navani. From the journal, the personal journal of Navani Colin, Yes, this is eleven seventy four. Yes, and from these journal entries throughout these chapters, I guess that they're they're from the future, right? A little bit, but which not we know like from later chapters. Yeah, which we find out from later chapters. So. That kind of confirms that. Yeah. All right. Hey, so let's get started. So we start off. Um, Shalon is reading a book. Yeah. That uh, Yasna told her to read about Shades Mar. Yep. And the radiance, and so she's reading that. Shalon keeps spotting the pattern. Keeps it. It keeps appearing. This is this like couple times she's seen it. And, like, and it's like raised in wood. Raised yes. In, yeah. And so it appears, and Shalon's like trying to avoid it because if she, if she looks directly at it, it disappears. Right. So she's trying not to. She's watching it from the corner of her eye. And then she turns and looks, and it 
disappears immediately. But she gets the but memory she takes of a it. memory of it. Yep. So then she like starts drawing like really frantic. She's trying to do this. Um and she uh again she gets the she actually does get to draw it, but it's not like embossed like normal, mm-hmm. which is interesting. So she she manages to get a see a good vision yeah. of it and draw get she, it down on paper. She draws it, but then it like comes up from the paper. Yeah. Which is interesting. And, and now she it can appears. look directly at it. Yes, and now she can look directly at it. She just did like a wizard spell to trap it in our <laughs> realm or something. Seriously, yeah. And then she goes to, to find Yasna and Yasna's like, all right, put some clothes on. We have things to talk about. Because she's when she found it and went to tell Yasna, she was like in her sleepy PJs. Yes. Um her hand was out and everything. Yes. <gasps> Uh, it's in just, this reading, Shalot had a lot of issues with her hand being out. It happened a couple times in this reading. I noticed that. And it's interesting. Yeah, it's not. Well, it's kind of sad for her. Yeah. I mean, for us, it was kind of like tee her hand. But it, for the character, it's the same as like your your uh, intimates. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> not, not even the intimates. I don't know. It's it's just like a, a taboo thing to have out, you know? Yeah. Like for the people who can't show their ankles. Or their their like if hair. You're in that kind of, you're your hair. If you're in that kind of culture. Yeah. It's yeah. the same kind of deal. Um anyway, so now we kind of switch forward a little bit and uh Yasna they're talking about uh Spren because mm-hmm. Yasna's the thing that she has are Spren. Yeah. Um they're called the I don't know if she talks about this. They're called cryptics, is what uh they're they're called, which is I think is interesting. And they are Yes, right here. The cryptics. They're the spread that uh, Yasna and Shalon have are called cryptics. And well, no, Yasna's a different spread. She said. Well, yes, but I think they're all overarching cryptics. Are they right? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, real quick, just so you know. Yes. By the way, when she went out to find Yasna, Yasna was standing outside of her door. Yes, she was. She was ready. Doing <laughs> what looks like using her spread to look through the keyhole. She's bent over and had her hand out as if there was somebody standing on it to the keyhole. Sneaky. So what what it looks like is her hand was she had the pattern the the something looking through her keyhole. That's all. Real quick. Yeah. I didn't recognize realize this when I read this, but at one point, Shalon thinks a memory rose unbidden, a silvery sword, a pattern of light. Truth she could not face. She banished them, banished them, squeezing her eyes shut. Ten heartbeats. Yeah, when she say that. Um, in the middle of this chapter. Yeah. She, so, <laughs> um, so Shalon's got some stuff to talk. Shalon definitely has a shard blade for some reason. Hmm. Or had one at one point. Hmm, okay. And maybe doesn't anymore. Yeah. Since we haven't seen also, her, Also, like, a symbol of light, yet. which is a weird thing, but keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what that means, but a yeah. symbol of light. Just the talking about the sword and the ten heartbeats is a little sus, I think. I mean, in the last book, she had a few moments where she I also know. just... I, yeah. What good suspense builder, by the way? I agree. Randomly throughout her story, you don't know anything about it. She refuses to think about it, but randomly, she just in her head it pops in ten heartbeats, and she goes, "No, I can't do that." So mm-hmm. we don't know what exactly is happening. Yeah, which but, is exciting. Yeah, but anyways, uh, her and Yasna are talking about the spren. They're talking about shades more. They're talking about the cryptics. Yes, ma'am. They um, are. They just talk about kind of how the spren get here and all that fun jazz. Right. Um, I'm not gonna go into all the details. Right. Because we're trying to move a little bit quicker here. Yep. But it's it's interesting. It's a little bit confusing. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> these these sections with Yasna so far in this book, I found a little bit confusing just because there's a lot of information that my brain can't process yet because we don't have all the details. And also, Yasna's not sure she knows, understands it. Yes, like the things she's saying, she also keeps contradicting herself yep. and saying like, "I don't even know what I'm saying." Specifically about like Shadesmar. Yeah, stuff like that. She keeps saying things and is not a hundred percent certain what she's saying is true. She's doing her best, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, this is funny. Also. Uh, Yasna thinks that possibly um, the pattern that she keeps seeing 
is like a prince in the in Shadesmar, which I think is really funny. It's, it's interesting. The pattern, while she says that, the pattern is like jumping up and down on the bed, essentially. Uh-huh. So, we love the pattern. <laughs> um, side thing. Remember, her the spread that Yasna saw is like oily black. Yes. And, and uh, the spread that Shalon sees is like a symbol. And in Shadesmar, which she sees him later in Shadesmar, he's like a, he's one of the symbol heads. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they're just kind of talking about, they talk about the heralds, the almighty, all that fun stuff. They talk about the cryptics and... Yasna basically says, you're the only one in a long time who really has gotten the chance to interact with the cryptic, so I want you to study this pattern you keep seeing. And that's where the chapter ends. It's, well, it's just, she says, great, as she looks down and the cryptic is just bumping into her phone like a Roomba <laughs> over and over. The, the cryptic is hilarious. We, we love, his we name love, is Pattern. He names himself, he, well, she calls him Pattern and he kind of like accepts that. I know. Later on he talks. We're big fans of Pattern already. I love Pattern. He just... The whole idea is really adorable, and I love it. Um, I just really wanted to say that this chapter, not the most exciting. Yeah. But kind of fun. Next time you see them, it gets more exciting. Yeah. Um. So I'll move on. We don't, did I do oh, okay? Yeah. You did great. Theories. What in the world is the 10 heartbeat thing about? <laughs> I think that um, Shalon either has a shard blade that we haven't seen yet, mm. Or she used to, and so the ten heartbeat thing is kind of like an automatic way to like calm herself. Right. So that's what I think. I think yeah. it has something to do with a shard blade, since it mentioned a sword. I mean, yeah. And but what about the pattern of light? It says because she sees pattern now, but she all like. So do you think the pattern of light is related to pattern the guy, or is it a different pattern? What What do you think that is? Um, I don't know. I think it could kind of relate to him, like her first seeing of like. I think he's been around for a long time. I think okay. pattern's been following her for a long time. Well, I mean, but she's just now starting to like see him and recognize him a lot. Because in the last section, was that the last section? The one with the uh, green. That was the last oh, week's reading. Was that next, yeah? Later that was. Reading? Um, that might be I later this was, reading. I don't remember. I thought that was. I think that was oh, last week. No, reading. no, it's later this reading because he. Is inter- it? Yes, we've read a lot. We're confused, but it, this is later this reading. Okay, so, we'll, well continue on. Yeah, go ahead. Um, chapter four. It's called Taker of Secrets. Uh, and the little Navani bit <laughs> says, the next clue came on the walls. I did not ignore this sign, but neither did I grasp its full implications. From the journal of Navani Colin, yes, this is 1174. It's the journal bit. Actually, Sorry. if you're going to say it, say it right. Sorry, that was the journal <laughs> bit. Um, I don't know why it took me so long to say that. When I read this, by the way, I didn't know what this was referring to. And then I read chapter four and immediately learned what this is referring to. Oh, Right? I got it, yeah. Um, so this opens with Dalinar. He's in a vision. He's running through what he thinks is the pure lake. He's in a little team uh, with a uh, shard bearer, like one of the radiants yeah. at their lead. Really quick. Yeah. About the little journal bits from Navani. It's interesting because they pop up and then like the very next chapters we find out what she means by them pretty much. Yeah. I mean, there's some things like the whole Parshendi thing. Yeah. We don't know exactly what she's talking about because we don't know what's happened yet. Yeah. But it is interesting, I think. So, yeah, I agree. It is interesting. I need to acknowledge you more, remember? Uh, <laughs> so they uh, were running running through the the still the Pure Lake, and he asks the Radiant what they're looking for. I miss the Pure Lake. Right? Can we go back to that the one singular so cool. interlude where we had the Pure Lake? That was such a cool culture. They don't acknowledge it Do ever. you guys remember that? Yeah, it was. That a- was so long ago. Um. Yeah. But they... they uh, are looking for spread that don't act as they should, it says. Yeah. And um, suddenly, suddenly, uh, 
Dalinar looks down and sees in the water a face with red eyes looking up at him. Ooh, spooky. And then it swims away like a fish. And Dalinar calls and says, there it is, there it is. And they say river sprint. And he says, it's kind of like a river sprint, but like a shadow of a river sprint with red eyes. Real quick. Yeah. When I was reading this, I thought the knight at one point, the radiant, like starts speaking to like himself almost. It's almost, is it him or her? I don't uh, know. One of them. Um, is speaking to himself almost like he thinks, oh, sorry, it's a she. He's speaking to herself almost as if she thinks that, like, almost as if there's someone else there, but Dalinar doesn't see anybody. And when I was reading this, my first thought was, maybe there's someone else having a vision, too. Mm. Like, I don't really know. There probably isn't because the knight seems to be very, like, knows what's going on in the vision, so there probably isn't. But that was just my first thought, so I just thought I'd throw that out there. Okay, I have a question for you. Yes? What else could it be? A man speaking to what seems to be himself. What does that remind you of? Um. Oh, speaking to uh, like like Sill with Kaladin. Yeah. Speaking to a friend could be that too. Yeah. I didn't really think about that. Anyway, uh, suddenly, a uh, thunderclast from the first chapter pulls itself out of the rock at the bottom of the pure lake. From the very very first chapter of the first book, when he turns around the corner of a thunderclast. You remember the? No, I don't. Remember the prelude with the uh-huh. heralds? Yeah. They, the first thing he says, he turned the corner of thunderclass and just describes this exact oh, same. Oh, I don't remember that at all. Well, I may have spoiled the name of it. This thing, giant stone beasts, they're called a thunderclass. Oh, 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 yeah, I do remember that now. Yeah. Yep. Okay, got um, you. So a giant stone beast kind of like yanks itself out of the ground. Yeah. As if it's a um, as it like leaves a hole shaped like it. Yeah. Also. To mention, on the Pure Lake, there is a giant obsidian castle that isn't there now. Like, in modern times, Dalinar does not know of this giant obsidian castle. yep. But in his vision, there's a giant obsidian, which is another, like, marker that Navani makes that we can research and see if there ever was this castle here to, like, try and help prove your visions, like, establish continuity Mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah. And Um, also, while Dalinar is having this vision, he's talking to himself so that Navani can hear it and then they can translate it. Yeah. Um, And then... At the end, as always, uh, the somebody talks to Dalinar through one of the people in the vision. Yeah. Um, and it says, can I, can I read you what he says? Yep, go for it. He says, they were created to watch. The Night Radiant. They were the solution, a way to offset the destruction of the desolations. Ten orders of knights, founded with the purpose of helping men fight, then rebuild. I was surprised when these orders arrived. I did not teach my heralds this. It was the spread, wishing to imitate what I had given men, who made it possible. You will need to refound them. This is your task. Unite them. Create a fortress that can weather the storm. Vex Odium. Convince them that he can lose and appoint a champion. He will take that chance instead of risking defeat again, as he has suffered so often. This is the best advice I can give you. And then... uh. The vision ends. Yep. And I find that a baller thing. To, now, now Dalinar has a mission. Refound the Knight's Radiance, the thing everyone hates and the church hates, and we're not, not even sure if they really exist. Yeah. It's, good luck, Dalinar. I was going to say, not the best mission to have yeah. in his situation because people already think Dalinar is going crazy. And so now he's got to do this. So... Uh, best of luck to you. Yeah, man. You're really gonna need it. Yeah, man. And we see how well it goes when in this chapter or mm. in this section of reading we do. Yeah. Not great. Not great. 
so Dalinar wakes up. Navani's there. She was writing down everything he said. Yeah. But apparently he switches languages. So he was speaking an ancient form of like a Salay language yeah. during the majority. And then he switches to like the, the old Dawn chant language thing. You know, the old uncracked language that he had been speaking before. Yes. When he speaks to uh, the voice that like he thinks it's the almighty voice, uh-huh. he switches to that ancient language. Yeah. So that makes it hard for Navani to tr- keep track of because it's the languages that flip Can you imagine speaking a language that you know nothing about and you don't know you're speaking it? Yeah. And it's that helps- whole pro- idea is wild yeah. in my head. So Navani basically is having him recount exactly what he said in the vision. Yeah. And so they can translate. Which... How in the world do you remember exactly what you said? Oh, no, yeah, I, I would forget it instantly. I would, yeah, I would so forget. <laughs> Honestly, I forgot what I just said 10 <laughs> seconds ago. <laughs> That's true. I literally have already forgotten. I could not tell you word for word what I just said. Yeah. Like, it's it, it not going to happen. Yeah. He, so, that's so funny. Calamar's got a baller memory. Apparently. <laughs> well, I mean, before cell phones ruined everybody's memories, everyone remembered exactly what they now said. Now you sound like a boomer. I'm a boomer. It's good. <laughs> um, if you're a boomer, I apologize. I don't. <laughs> apologize to my mom. Well, to be real to, be real to you, th- they're right about this one. Mem- <laughs> yeah. Memories have been impacted a little bit. Boomers say that, but it, it is true. It's been proven that memories have been worsened by by yeah. uh, rampant technology. <laughs> anyway, um, Dalinar tells Navani he has to refound the Knights Radiant, and Navani's like, "Okay, <laughs> that's a proper reaction to have." Honestly, she's pretty helpful. She's pretty supportive. I really like Navani. Right? She's really grown on me. Right? I wasn't sure about her in the beginning, but she's really grown on me. I agree. Um, and uh. They, Navani thinks he's cute, basically. They flirt for a minute. And then oh. Navani, what? Oh, I don't know. The, the fact idea that there's brother in law, sister in law. The fact that there's like in laws. I'm like at the point where I don't, I'm like com- very conflicted about their relationship. They're very cute together. They are very cute together and I like them together. But also, his nephew, who is the king, is her son. Yeah. Which is weird. And if he marries her, does that make him the stepfather of if he marries Navani it'd be stepfather of his nephew yes uh, also it would make him um, it's kind of funny to me because it would make him people might see it as a power grab because right now he's third in line for the throne yeah behind Elokar's infant son uh huh but which I didn't know he had a son now you do but if he were to marry Navani it would put him to second in line because he'd be the oldest yeah in that direct line because he'd be the father of the king now yeah. So basically, people might also try and say it's a power grab from from Dalinar to like confirm himself as the next king. Dalinar might as well be the king. I mean, yeah, and he's kind of taking control at this point, and everyone knows it. But yeah. Also, even the king knows it, and the king's not too upset about it because Dalinar would have been a better king than oh, him. Oh, for sure. <laughs> okay. Um, anyways, continue. Navani throws a little fit that she's not allowed to live with Dalinar because Dalinar refuses to like make it officially married. I also would throw a fit if I were Navani. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. I would be a little livid if this man that I liked and am courting was like, ha ha, sorry, we can't live together. I would be angry. Um, And Navani's like, why not? And he says, because some things are just right and wrong. And she said, you're the one who says God is dead. He's the he's the ultimate chooser of what's right and wrong. Yikes. Right and wrong doesn't mean anything if God is dead, which is fair. Good job, Navani. Good argument. I appreciated that. Um, 
And so he basically just says no. She leaves. He takes an old man nap on his chair. <laughs> an old man nap on his chair. That's funny. Um, and when he woke up from the old man nap, he's like, man, am I really such an old man that I'm just taking midday naps? Then he looks over at the wall. <laughs> it's scratched into the wall. It says, 62 days, death follows. Yikes. So that's concerning. Yeah, not great. <laughs> um, not not super ideal. So Navani brings her uh, brings a scribe named Rushu over, and they translate this thing. And uh, Rushu is super funny, throwing fits, saying they have terrible penmanship. You know, which is kind of funny. But that is pretty funny. Essentially, uh, Dalinar is like not sure what it means, but he believes it because also. Kaladin thinks he failed. Kaladin's guarding the door. Kaladin thinks he failed because he's like, how could somebody have gotten in? I was guarding the only entrance or exit. We find out later, not necessarily for sure who it is, but Dalinar it's, thinks, Dalinar it's him. thinks it's him. Yeah. Dalinar thinks in his sleep he got up, ripped a rock from the wall, and scratched 62 days, death follows into Honestly, the wall. Honestly, it would make sense because... I mean, visions. Yeah, he thrashes. Yeah, the visions. And also, how in the world would someone else get up there? Yeah. Though, I thought it was Zeth. That would be a weird thing for him to give a, a warning, though. He's yeah, never done that before. Yeah, I agree, but maybe he's been told to. I just, I assumed it was Zeth because Zeth can walk up walls, so he'd be able to get in through the windows pretty easily. Yeah. But I don't know. Dal- it makes sense that it's Dalinar. Dalinar and Kaladin have a little interaction. And Dalinar, about Kaladin being like, I failed. My job was to protect you, and I've, I've already lapsed. And Dalinar's like, Calm down, Cal. It's fine. I survived. We're okay. You know to be more observant in the future. And then, I like that. Then Dalinar in his head thinks, why do I trust this man so much? Which, I love it. That, I, I think that's key. I'm glad that they have that trust bond. Mm-hmm. I really love every interaction Dalinar and Kaladin have here because neither of them know why they trust the other, but yeah. they just do. And I really love that. So Dalinar is nervous. He thinks he knows what it means because he has the vision of the ever storms comes. The desolation follows or whatever from one of his early visions. Yeah. He thinks 62 days until that comes. Yep. End of chapter. Yeah. And we get this fun little drawing on the next page, which is um, the uh, tattoo that the bridge four gets on their head. And I really liked looking at the different pieces and then putting them together. I really thought this was nice. Glyphs are so interesting to me. I agree. Because like they're supposed to be like stylized because in like there's a mirrored section, but you can see slight differences to make them different words. Yeah. Even though they're like the same thing, but mirrored. Mm-hmm. And it, so it's, it's. Colin, Tanat, uh, which is Kalin, the, the Dalinar. Then Tanat is the month that they were freed. Then freedom underneath of it. And at the very bottom, it says bridge four and like a little bridge four glyph. Yeah. That's neat. It is really cool. I like it a lot. Yeah. All right. Chapter five, ideals. I'll read the little journal bit that says, the sign on the wall proposed a greater danger even than its deadline. To foresee the future is of the void bringers. So that's fun. Yeah. Um, so that's obviously talking about the little deadline that we just heard about. Yeah. The little little 62 days death follows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, Kaladin and, um, is with Bridge Four, and they're listening to uh, Dalinar's proclamation about uh, you know being the High Prince of War. And basically he proclaims that all of the gem hearts that are won by uh, the different uh, High Princes have to go to the king and the king can decide then whether he gives them like part of it or not basically is the proclamation and he has this poor lady read it like six times (laughs) and she's so over it by the end she is not a fan of this 
But that just really, really makes me laugh. Yeah. And then they talk about uh, the bridge four people and Kaladin talk about how the High Princes are not going to be a fan and it's just going to be really bad. Yeah. And Rock is just being silly. He's being Rock. We love Rock. Rock is like, basically, Rock is the most optimistic man in the world. He's always just like, it'll be fine because it has to be. We either die or it's fine. Yeah. And I like that mindset. I either yeah. die or everything's fine. I agree. But he just has a, a fun... Yeah, they're talking about they're talking about the different soldiers and how they're just having issues training the bridgemen and they're trying to figure out how to make it better. And Sigzil comes up and is like, "Hey, I want to. Can we test your powers, Kaladin? You yeah. said you'd let me. You promised you'd let me do this. And Kaladin's, I did nothing of the sort. <laughs> and Kaladin's like, "You grunt." Or Sigzil's like, "You grunted." And Kaladin's like, "What? That's- I grunted?" And that that little interaction just makes me laugh. Yeah, and then Sil appears and is just floating along. Kaladin's walking through uh, Dalinar's thing, talking to Sil, and it's just a fun, a fun little interaction. It's cute that they have yeah. nothing too, nothing too crazy, but fun, fun little interaction. And then uh, time splits, and we get a different perspective. We get the perspective of Sadius, mm. and I really want to. Can we read this whole perspective as a death or as a a death? <laughs> A death omen, a dramatic, dramatic reading. reading. Yes. <laughs> a death reading. It'll be it'll be a little longer than the average dramatic reading, but it's totally doable. Yeah, let's get it. Yay! Toral Sadius laced his fingers before himself, elbows on the fine stonework tabletop. As he stared at the sharp blade, he thrust down to the center of the table. It reflected his face. Damnation! When had he gotten old? He imagined himself as a young man in his twenties. Now he was fifty, storming fifty. He set his jaw, looking at that blade. Oathbringer. It was Dalinar's shard blade, curved like a back arching with a hook-like tip on the end matched by a sequence of jutting serrations by the crossguard. Like waves in motion, peeking up from the ocean below. How often had he lusted for this weapon? Now it was his, but he found the possession hollow. Dalinar Colin, driven mad by grief, broken to the point that battle frightened him, still clung to life. Sadius's old friend was like a favorite axe hound he'd been forced to put down, only to find it whimpering at the window, the poison having not quite done its work. Worse, he couldn't shake the feeling that Dalinar had gotten the better of him somehow. The door to his sitting room opened, and Iali slipped in. With a slender neck and a large mouth, his wife had never been described as a beauty, particularly as the years stretched long. He didn't care. Iali was the most dangerous woman he knew. That was more attractive than any simple pretty face. You've destroyed my table, I see. She said, eyeing the shard blade slammed down through the center. She flopped down onto the small couch beside him, draped one arm across his back, and put her feet up on the table. While with others, she was the perfect Alephi woman. In private, she preferred to lounge. Dalinar is recruiting heavily, she said. I've taken the opportunity to place a few more of my associates among the staff of his war camp. Soldiers? What do you take me for? That would be far too obvious. He will have new soldiers under careful watch. However, much of his support staff has holes as men join the call to take up spears and reinforce his army. Sadius nodded, still staring at that blade. His wife ran the most impressive network of spies in the war camps. Most impressive indeed, since very, very few knew of it. She scratched at his back, sending shivers up the skin. He released his proclamation, Ilali noted. Yes. Reactions? As anticipated, the others hate it. Sadius nodded. Dalinar should be dead, but since he's not, at least we can depend on him to hang himself in time. Sadius narrowed his eyes. By destroying him, I sought to prevent the collapse of the kingdom. Now, I'm wondering if that collapse would be better for us all. What? I'm not meant for this, love. 
Sadius whispered. This stupid game on the plateaus. It sated me at first, but I'm growing to loathe it. I want war, Iali. Not hours of marching on not hours of marching on the off chance that we find some little skirmish. Those little skirmishes bring us wealth. Which is why he'd suffered them so long. He rose. I will need to meet with some of the others. Aladar, Ruthar. We need to fan the flames among the other high princes. Raise their indignation at what Dalinar attempts. And our end goal? I will have it back, Yali, he said, resting his fingers on Oathbringer's hilt. The conquest. It was the only thing that made him feel alive any longer. That glorious, wonderful thrill of being on the battlefield and striving, man against man. Of risking everything for the prize. Domination. Victory. It was the only time he felt like a youth again. It was a brutal truth. The best truths, however, were simple. He grabbed Oathbringer by the hilt and yanked it up out of the table. Dalinar wants to play a politician now, which is unsurprising. He has always secretly wanted to be his brother. Fortunately for us, Dalinar is no good at this sort of thing. His proclamation will alienate the others. He will push the High Princes and they'll take up arms against him, fracturing the kingdom. And then, with blood at my feet and Dalinar's own sword in my hand, I will forge a new Alethkar from the flames and tears. What if instead he succeeds? That, my dear, is when your assassins will be of use. He dismissed the shard blade. It turned to mist and vanished. I will conquer this kingdom anew, and then Yakoved will follow. After all, the purpose of this life is to train soldiers. In a way, I am doing what God himself wants. This whole situation makes me hate Sadie's even more. The man is willing for people to die, innocent people, so that he can feel the thrill again. Yeah, and it's by That's the way. That's so garbage. Announcement. It's the same thrill Dalinar feels. You know, because it's tapo- yeah. capital T thrill. Yes, yeah. It's thrill as a title and not as a just a feeling. Yeah. Because it's capital T thrill. It um, just, it makes me so angry. When, when I first got to the section and I was like, oh, we get a background for, or we get Sadie's perspective. I had a moment of thinking, okay, maybe this will make me hate him less. And then I read it and I was like, nope. This has just succeeded in making me hate him more. Yeah. My man's a terrible person. Not a fan. Couple things of interest about this this whole section too. One, he does not find his wife attractive. (laughs) But also he still loves her. He loves her because she is dangerous. He likes danger. Yeah. Um, Second, names for women are supposed to be close to symmetrical, but not quite. Symmetry is holy. Yeah. Look at Yali's name. Yeah. She's, she... Another rule she breaks that I'm sure he lo- he finds lovely. It's just not traditional, which he likes. You can read her name backwards, and it's still the same. Yeah, Iali and Iali are backwards. Yeah. Um, I think it's actually Iale, but it's okay. Right, I just it's... not realized. I think it might be Iale, but it's, it's fine. fine. Um, All right. Anyways, Kaladin is heading to the King's Palace, and he's getting there. We're and... still in Chapter 4, by, yeah. the... Oh, five, by the way. Yeah. He's uh, headed to the King's Palace, and because now we switch to back to Kaladin's perspective. Sorry. Uh, and he, he's talking to Moash, and they're climbing up the stairs, and they're not just—they're not having a good time climbing upstairs. Yeah, <laughs> which is funny to but me. Kaladin is doing it just fine because he has stormlight. stormlight. My man's cheating, yeah. and Moash isn't happy about it. <laughs> uh, but they—they they get there. Um, the soldiers. One of the soldiers is not happy that Kaladin gets to boss him around, which yeah. I think is funny. And. They get up to the top. Moash is also not in a good mood because Moash wants to fight this soldier. But then he comes and apologizes. Yeah. He, like, takes a step back and is unhappy and then takes a step forward and goes, I'm sorry. And, like, I really appreciate that. Moash has grown a lot. Yes. And so I really appreciate that. And he realizes that, like, 
we need to be better than them. Our role is to be better than them, not to not to stoop to the level of them, but to be better. Yes. Um, Cowden gets to where the king, like the king's chambers and where the king and Dalinar are and uh, runs into Scar and is like, report. And Scar's like, nothing's happened. It's been really quiet. And Cowden's like, all right, cool. You're relieved. Uh, go. Moash will take this shift and then I'll take the later one. Sound good? Cool. And so Scar leaves. Yep. Uh, Cowden goes in and is talking to Dalinar and he's placing soldiers on the balcony and Dalinar's like, no one can get in from the balcony. And Cowden's like, I don't care. I'm putting soldiers on the balcony. Calder says, great. And if I were to be an assassin, that's where I'd put my person because you wouldn't think to put a soldier out here. Yep. Which I appreciate. And the king also is all about this. The king is like, heck yeah. Yeah, I like this man. He actually cares for my safety, unlike the rest of you. Yeah. Uh, real quick, I want to point out this little interaction Dalinar and Kaladin have. Right. Kaladin calls Dalinar sir. And Dalinar's like, you know, that's abnormal most people would address me as bright lord and Kaladin says i will use that term if you command sir but sir is an appropriate address even for a light eyes if he's your direct superior and down is like i'm a high prince and then Kaladin says speaking frankly every man i've called bright lord has betrayed me a few men i've called sir still have my trust to this day yep. i use one more reverently than the other sir yep and i love that give me chills even just now reading it i love that interaction and down like Hmm, okay. Dalinar says, you're an odd one, son. And Dalinar, Kaladin says, the normal ones are dead in the chasm, sir. Sadius saw to that. Yeah. I just, I love their interactions. I love how much Kaladin and Dalinar trust each other. And yeah. I just thought that that shows that how much Kaladin yeah. is putting his trust into Dalinar. The king also likes them, by the way. The king is like, I like these new bodyguards. They're being very, very extra protective, which we appreciate. Yes, I do like Elokar for that. Uh, he does seem to like Cowden a lot, yeah. which is pretty cool, especially because he's a dark eyes, which makes it better. Right. So I like that a lot. Um, Adolin comes in and they're having like this meeting with uh, another, not high prince, but like, I, it's like, it's a, a, it's a general, general, yeah. General, yeah. Adolin and does not like Adolin and Renard uh, and by Adolin, the way. yeah. Adolin, get your crap together. If I'm going to ship you in Shallan, get your crap together. You have to like Kaladin because I like Kaladin. No, Adolin you know, doesn't like Kaladin because Kaladin like bossed him around before he was allowed to. Can I tell to. you something? Yeah. I had the thought while I was reading of what happens if Shallan and Kaladin fall in love mm. and not Adolin and Shallan? Hmm. What happens? Tell me. I wouldn't be opposed to that. <laughs> <laughs> I ship Shallan with either of the two. <laughs> Shallan just needs a man for Sydney to be happy. Any and man. No, it needs to be either, either Adolin or Shallan. E either Adolin or Kaladin. Adolin seems like a good person, too. Kaladin and Adolin are both good people. I think at the moment I want it to be Adolin because I think Adolin needs a good woman to get him to stop crapping on Kaladin. <laughs> because Adolin is, he's a, I think he's a good dude, but I think he needs to learn a little bit more respect, especially towards Dark Eyes, and I think Shallan would help him do that. Well, he did save the one, the one. Yes. No, uh, I don't disagree with that. Woman. But I, I think, I think Adolin needs to. Yeah, a little bit to be put in his place a little bit, and I think Shalom would do that. Yes. So I hope it's Adolin. But if it's Kaladin, I wouldn't be too upset about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy with either two. What if there's a love triangle? <gasps> You're just building the story in your head already. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Wait, real quick before they start, Adolin looks at Kaladin and says, "Shouldn't that one wait outside?" Yeah. And Dalinar's response is, "What we're doing is going to put me in direct danger. I want him to know the details. That might be important for his job." Thank you, Dalinar. I know. I love that. So Kaladin uh, is the only one who's allowed to sit in and listen. Yeah. And so the um, guy comes in, and his name is 
what's the general's name? Oh, Call. General Call. General Call. Is the guy's name. There's also someone else here. Tashav. Who's uh, Tashav? Call's uh, wife. Oh, yeah, Call's wife. So they come in and they're talking about this proclamation, and Call's like, this is really bad. Do you realize how bad this is? Do you realize what you've done? <laughs> and they're just talking about how not great it is. And Kaladin jumps in and starts like talking to them. Yeah. Which is funny. And he says something about I think he's invited to talk. I think Dalinar asks him what he thinks. Well, no, Kaladin gives a suggestion. Oh. And then Dalinar's like, okay, what's your suggestion? Yeah. Uh but basically Kaladin says, You need to disarm them. And Dalinar's like, hmm, you know that could work. Which I appreciate Dalinar for listening. And basically what they kind of decide is we can take things from them. If we start taking things from the high princes, they're not going to have be able to fight back, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so basically what they've decided is they're going to let Adolin duel. And they're trying to take all of the shards away from yeah. the... So the idea is Adolin's going to do the, duel their shard players, win, because they have a lot of faith in Adolin. I mean, he is he is considered one of, if not the best duelists yes. in the kingdom. So Adolin's going to duel. He's going to get the shard blades, and then they're not going to be able to really fight back as well because they won't have shard blades, which yeah. is a pretty solid idea, in my opinion. Um, and General Call is like, that's not going to work. They're never going to agree to it. And Dalinar's like, don't worry. We'll make sure they agree. Yeah. <laughs> in all very secret, mysterious kind of way. By it's the way, just funny. they ask Adolin, do you think you can win? And Adolin went, I can do it without breaking a sweat. And Kaladin in his head goes, oh, so he's spoiled and cocky. Kaladin really doesn't like Adolin. Adolin really doesn't like Kaladin. It's a, it's a little back and forth they got. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Uh, so they, they kind of just outline this plan that they have. Um, I'm not going to go into big details about it. Well, Dalinar announces that he's going to refound the Radiance. Yes, he does announce he's going to uh, refound the Radiance. everyone thinks that's a terrible idea. Yes, including Elikar, who I kind of forgot was even here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't really said much. Earlier in the in the meeting, Kaladin mouthed to, to Sil, uh, Dalinar acts like he's the king and everyone else lets him. Uh-huh. And that's that's another example of this. The king's mm-hmm. here. Oh, crap, I forgot the king is here. <laughs> yeah, that just makes me laugh. Um <laughs> So Dalinar says the thing about the Radiance, and Kaladin's like, oh my gosh, does this man know? I yeah. think that Dalinar has an idea. Mm, think so. I don't think Dalinar knows for sure, but I do think he has his suspicions. Because we know when Kaladin saved him, he saw Kaladin, but right. didn't realize what was happening. Right. And I think he, I also think Kaladin's going to tell Dalinar eventually. Mm-hmm. Dalinar's going to find out. I know that, I'm, I'm almost positive Dalinar will find out. Right. That would be bizarre to me if he didn't. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm pretty sure he'll find out. Um, I think Kaladin's going to tell him, mm. or somehow he's going to find out. But yeah, I think Dalinar has some kind of idea already that Kaladin, and maybe that's why he trusts Kaladin. Like he's when he finds out, he's going to be like, oh, "Okay, that makes sense." Right? Why he trusts Dal or Kaladin so much? So I just thought th- I think that's interesting. Uh, and Kaladin uh, starts talking about uh, well, I think everyone leaves. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But um Dalinar talks to Kaladin. Da- yeah, Dalinar talks to Kaladin about, hey, can you start like, you know, tr- I need people to protect Navani and my sons. I need and the and, king. Yeah, and the king. And Kaladin's like, I don't got enough people for that. Mm-hmm. And Dalinar's like, Well, I'm trusting you to train these people. And basically Dalinar puts a lot of pressure on Kaladin's shoulders to get this stuff done. But Kaladin says, I got this. Yeah, but he's stressed out about it. He's like, How am I gonna do all this? Kaladin is me in the midst of the school year. <laughs> <laughs> How am I gonna do all this crap? And but 
I appreciate that Dalinar really, really does trust Kaladin, and Kaladin is willing to do this. He isn't, he's, he's not refusing to take up this stuff, even though he knows it's going to be really, really hard. And yeah, basically the chapter ends with Kaladin agreeing to do all this stuff and thinking about how uh, Dalinar is somehow going to try and rebuild the Knights Radiant, but he doesn't know how that's going to work. Yep. Unless he had help. That's the bum, 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 bum. That's Kaladin. Kaladin's going to, Kaladin's going to help. At I know some point, for sure. Somehow. Yeah. Um, anyway, we move on. Now it is chapter six is time. It's called Terrible Destruction. The Navani journal bit says, We had never considered that there might be Parshendi spies hiding among our slaves. This is something else I should have seen. Bum, bum, bum. So that kind of reveals that there are Parshendi spies apparently hiding. We don't know who them. they are. We also know that there's Sadius spies. Yes. Which is... Yeah, We've recently great. learned about a lot of spies. Um, All the spies. That was from the Journal of Navani Colin, Yesesen, 1174. Uh, Shalon is sitting on the deck of the boat again. She's talking to Pattern. She's like, what's the first thing you remember? Pattern's like, I don't remember much, but I remember... Yeah, wait, they're asking about food, trying to understand food, what they're food. talking about. Um, That's how Pattern speaks in my head. And he says, uh, the first thing he remembers is, with you, no, green, food, food not eaten. Shalon says, plants? He says, yes, many plants. And she sees... The deck in front of her changing to a dirt path, her box becoming a stone bench, faintly, not really there, but almost, her father's gardens, pattered on the ground, drawn in the dust. Remember, Pattern says, and she refuses. So something happened in her father's gardens with Pattern. Yep. We don't know what because she's blocking it out. So she's not, she's refusing to remember, but something happened. Um, and apparently when she did that, she did something with the light because the deck kind of became green around her. Yeah. Which was thinking of the garden because Yalb comes over and Yalb tells her like, huh, I saw, you know, uh, yeah. that's interesting. It is interesting. Yalb also has a new guy on the ship. Like he's a newbie who's there. Yeah. Some really tall dude. Yeah. Six foot man. Who he is like basically just convinced to go do dishes instead of Yalb. <laughs> that's funny. Um, So Yalb kind of like pwned him into doing that. And then... uh. Uh, Yalb also is talking big about himself and patterns like lies from Yalb. <laughs> and he seems to not mind that because I think we've, we've established we think he's a lie spread. Yeah. He's a cryptic yes. or a lie spread. So he, um, yeah. Also, everyone on the ship knows about pattern. She can't hide him. So he, he's not like, like Yalb knows about pattern. He can yeah. see him. So he's not like uh, Sill who can become invisible to everybody but who she wants. Yeah. Pattern seems to be able to be seen by anybody. Which is interesting to me. Yeah. Um, and uh, Yalb is hazing the new soldier man, obviously, like I just said. And then after that show. As one does. Yes. Shalon goes to see Yasna. And uh, and when she enters, Yasna looks extremely tired. Like, yeah. Like more tired and like least put together she's ever seen. Uh, sorry. More tired together than Shalon has ever seen Yasna look. Yes. Um, and when she talks to Yasna, Yasna like puts herself together very quickly. Like she she like immediately is like, I'm back to me. I'm back to Yasna. I'm back I'm to I'm back to being okay. I'm back to being in control at least. If not okay, at least I have like I'm put together enough that you can't tell I'm falling apart. Yeah. Um and Shalon says, I need spheres, and Yasna means have you been soul casting? And Shalon says, no, I did something else. I made things green. Eesh. And Yasta basically basically says, stay away from soul casting. Try practicing that other one. Yeah. And she kind of explains the way it works. Every order of the Knights Radiant 
has two powers. Yes. So Sh- Shalon has soul casting and light. Yasna is of a different order. She has soul casting and something else. We don't know what it we is. We don't know what it is, no. Um, also, we learned that Yasna hates, Yasna's spren hates when she talks about him. It makes the spren very uncomfortable. Yes. She tries to talk about him and immediately cuts off because apparently the spren told her to stop. Yeah. Yasna is apparently very worried because she thinks she's going to be too late about to do whatever. Like, she thinks the end is near, which if Dalinar's scribing on the walls are correct, it is pretty near. He's got 62 days. And so she's very nervous about that. Uh, and she says, I feel, I feel like I'm un- incapable to do anything meaningful. It's like I'm trying to stop a high, a high storm by blowing against it really hard. Yeah. Which I can understand why that would feel so stressful and un- un- impossible to do anything about. I agree. Um, and also, yes, it's like, and you becoming a, a surge binder does not help me feel better. It makes me feel like I was r- even more right than I thought I was. Yeah. Which is disconcerting. Um. And also, she's like the reason she's worried. Parshendi can sing in time with each other without any metronome or anything from like miles apart. Yes. So they have some kind of like telepathy type thing. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. The idea of telepathy is kind of amazing. At least they That'd have be so convenient. They have at least a shared radio station in their brains. Um, <laughs> I like that idea of just music playing in your head all the time. To- oh, actually, that would suck. That would Never be mind. terrible. I yeah. Changed my mind. I don't like that idea. Um, but she. So she's like. If they can just reach all of our parchment with their like telepathy thing, suddenly, even if they the parchment don't rise up, if they just stop working and just leave, that will collapse our entire world because our world is built on the backs of these parchment. Yeah, and so if they just suddenly stopped working, we would be ruined, which is an interesting kind of thing. It's like a power dynamic that she has to try and worry about. Yeah, I agree. Yasna says something that makes Shalon blush. This is a funny little interaction. Shalon says. Yasna says, you blush too easily when confronted. Shalon says, I'm sorry. She says, and apologize too easy as well. And she says, I'm uh, indignant. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. That makes me laugh. Yeah, that is funny. Basically, they make the plan. They have to figure out what they're going to do together. They're not really sure what they're going to do, but they have to figure it out. Yeah. Yasna says, focus on the light powers that you're doing. Uh, And read this book, which guess what book that is? Yeah. The Words of Radiance. Mm-hmm. Is the book. Yeah. So that's fun. Every one of these, all of these are books. I just thought that was fun. That's Yeah. Read the words of Radiance. Um, she also, uh, they're trying to find Eurothiru, and they believe there's a way to get to it from the Shattered Plains. The Shattered Plains are not Eurothiru, but there's a way to get to the ancient city of Eurothiru through the Shattered Plains. Yeah. We don't know what it is yet, but that's what they're trying to get to the Shattered Plains for. Yeah. Um, and basically, we find the city, we can save the world. So at all costs, we find the city. Yes. And that's the end of my chapter. Well, well, Shalon goes to bed. Then she awakes to screams and shouts and smoke. And that's the end of my chapter. Yes. And now we're on to chapter seven. Open Which, flame. Luckily, the, the cliffhanger doesn't last long because the nope. next chapter resolves that. Yep. That would have sucked if this is where we yeah, had ended. That would be really funny. <laughs> um, anyway, so next chapter, open flame. Uh, the journal bit says, I was unprepared for the grief my loss brought, like an unexpected rain, breaking from a clear sky and crashing down upon me. Gavilar's death years ago was overwhelming, but this, this nearly crushed me. What is she referring to, Sydney? <sighs> We're going to find what out here in a minute. To you ready to find out? Yeah, I'm ready. Shalon wakes up, runs outside, sees men carrying axes around Yasna's uh, room, and then sees Yasna get stabbed in the chest. And she goes, still, And that's the end of Yasna. Eyes go lifeless. 
and Yasna is no more. How could Brandon Sanderson do this? Yasna, okay, here's my thing. Yasna had so much potential. I feel like Yasna was growing as a character so much, and Brandon Sanderson said, nah, fam, this is it. Also, I had a thought last chapter while we were reading. They, okay, Shlan, Kaladin, Yasna are radiants or right. be going to become radiants. And wait, anybody else that we think we, we've noticed? I don't know. That's not where I'm going. Well, can I tell you one more? Uh, well, remember, last chapter we think uh, Elokar implied that he's also seeing cryptics. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. So that, that's something else to notice. Could be, yeah. Anyways, those three for sure. When So before the radiants used to come back when they died. They didn't fully die. The heralds die. came back. Oh, never mind them. And as we learned from the last one. You're right. By the way. I appreciate this because when I read this, piecing this together, this was like a puzzle. Yeah. Now you have a little bit of a guide. Yeah. The heralds were made by the Almighty. You're right. The radiants were made by the Spren outside of the Almighty, mimicking I the forgot. power of the heralds. So that's something to know. So the I heralds and the Almighty. Um, I, I was trying to bring Yasna back, and now I'm upset. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry for breaking that to you. <laughs> heralds and radiants were slightly different. Uh, I apologize. I got so excited. I was like, Yasna might be able I'm to come sorry. back. You ruined it. I'm okay, sorry. well, Yasna's dead. That's all. Pompa. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Crying. Yeah. How could he do this? Yeah, it's not I'm such so a good character. Also, we hated her, and then suddenly we loved her, and then they killed her. <laughs> That's my point. She starts off, she, like, doesn't get a full arc. Her, like, oh, my gosh, she's becoming such a great character arc gets shut down so fast. Yeah. Brandon Sanderson, why did you do this? Can we have a talk? Because it makes Brandon emotion. Citizen, if you're listening to this for some reason, or you ever listen to this for some reason, which would be amazing if you do, please let us know. Um, <laughs> yeah, but man. if for some reason you're listening to this, can you please just tell me why you did this? Why yeah. did you have to kill Yasna? Yeah. I'm so upset. Yeah. That please would be so comment funny, why you killed Yasna. What was your process? Did you think, yes, this is my time? Oh, man. If you're listening, don't just comment. If you're listening, come on the freaking show. We'll have you on every day for a year. If we and you to. can explain why you killed Yasna. Well, you couldn't because I don't want you to like access. You know the whole way the story is going. I don't want I don't want to know anything about the story. I, I want answers. I to talk to you, my man. I, I want answers. Anyway, keep okay, going. Sorry. Anyways. You're okay. I went on a tangent. It's okay. It's fine. Um, anyways, the people spot Yasna, that or spot Shalon, sorry, and they start to come after her. And she does this weird trick thing and sends someone, like, looks like someone that goes out running. And then she hides in shadow and so people follow her. So she's Something safe. with the light again. Yeah. And she's hanging out with Pattern and Pattern is really trying to help her. Yeah. I really like Pattern. And... By the way, that magic MacGuffin that just happened, it's to do with the light that we saw earlier. Yeah. With the stuff that, yep. like, she can make a scene happen, kind of. Like, yes. The green and the little woman. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, she goes up... Stairs. Because if you know me, I hate magic MacGuffins. <laughs> I saved it because the magic did something that I didn't know it could do. Yeah. Those always make me annoyed. This one also makes me annoyed, but it's a little bit more explained. Just before this, it was explained that she can do something weird with light. Yeah. So it makes it feel a little bit less like, oh, uh-huh, magic saved the day. You know? Yeah. But anyway, she tries to go upstairs and then finds out that all of the crew has been. Oh, I should say the man, I think the man who, one of the men who killed Yasna. Is the new kid, six foot dude that y'all was introducing earlier. So that's great. By the way, new kid, tall, way more than six foot. These yeah. characters are so for some reason, this is actually something that's funny. Rosharian people, 
it's been established are way tall. So for them, a tall person's like six five. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. For them a tall person is like seven foot. Yeah. Average height there is like six two. They're all huge, apparently. That's funny. But um, yeah. So this I thought that was interesting. Shalon is like, well crap. The crew is about to be killed. What I can't let them die. I have to give them a chance. And right. so her plan is sink the ship. And then that way, hopefully, maybe they the crew can escape. I guess that's like that's a fairly fair plan. I mean, it's better than that. I mean, they, basically, they're gonna die, or they're gonna have maybe some very slim chance of living. Like more likely, they're gonna die. You know, the likelihood is that they're gonna die. Yeah. But at least she's giving them a chance to die on their own terms, in a way. Um. And so yeah, they ha- they they pop into shades more. Yes, they. She pops in the shades more, and Pattern is really trying because Pattern becomes slightly different when he goes to shades more. He becomes one of the symbol heads. Yeah, but so he's trying really hard to to help, and she starts, you know, doing the whole trying to get the little sphere things, and he f- she finds the ship sphere. Yeah. Can we do a dramatic reading of the interaction between her and the ship? Yeah, I think that's a cute little talk that they have. For sure. Here it goes. He did not have eyes, but she thought she could follow his gaze towards one of the little spheres on the glassy ground. She snatched it and suddenly was given the impression of a ship. The wind's pleasure. A ship that had been cared for. Loved. It had carried its passengers well for years and years, owned by Tazbek and his father before him. An old ship, but not ancient, still reliable. A proud ship. It manifested here as a sphere. It could actually think. The ship could think. Or, well... It reflected the thoughts of the people who served on it, knew it, thought about it. I need you to change. Shalom whispered to it, cradling the bead in her hands. It was too heavy for its size, as if the entire weight of the ship had been compressed to this singular bead. No, the reply came, though it was Pattern who spoke. No, I cannot. I must serve. I am happy. Shalom looked to him. I will intercede, Pattern repeated. Translate. You are not ready. Shalon looked back to the bee in her hands. I have stormlight. Lots of it. I will give it to you. No! The reply seemed angry. I serve! It really wanted to stay a ship. She could feel it. The pride it took. The reinforcement of years of service. They are dying, she whispered. No! You can feel them dying. Their blood on your deck. One by one, the people you serve will be cut down. She could feel it herself, could see it on the ship. They were being executed. Nearby, one of the floating candle flames vanished. Three of the eight captives dead, though she did not know which ones. There is only one chance to save them, Shalon said, and that is to change. Pain, Pattern whispered for the ship. If you change, they might escape the evil men who kill, Shalon whispered. It is uncertain. They will have a chance to swim, to do something. You can do them a last service, Wind's Pleasure. Change for them. Silence. I... Another light vanished. I will change. That's so cool. I, it is really cool. The whole process is very interesting. Trying to, having to convince the soul of the thing, because the thing sees itself as uh, the ship, people see it. So I think it's neat, too, because what becomes a bead it's not the planks or the nails or the sail. Yeah. Because when we think of it, we think of it as a whole. Yes. The bead is the entire ship. Yeah. Where a single rock we think of as an individual. So the bead would be the rock. Yeah. But if you put that rock into the wall of a building, now suddenly it's the building. Yep. 
I think that's a neat, a very, very neat concept for the way that like the cognitive realm of things manifest. Yeah. That's cool. I agree. Uh, but basically the ship just starts to like explode and tear itself apart and it becomes water. Yeah. They end up in the water and that's where the chapter ends. One more thing to say. Okay. Why was she not drowning in a sea of beads? Well, she ended up kind of on like the ship itself. No, she ended kind up standing of, on a well, city of Yeah, shore. but she's standing. It's interesting because later on she tries to go back and is like in the sea of beads. And so it kind of seems that the way like things in Shadesmar don't line up exactly with the regular reality earth. Well, what's a bead? Well, the beads are like the different little concept things. Okay. So when you're over water, there are fewer things that yes. have conceptual things yes. to make beads. So when you're in the ocean, there's fewer things to make beads. So it's yeah. not a sea. It's yeah. like it's a, just, a thin layer on the ground. Yeah. When you're in the woods, there are each tree is seen mm-hmm. in its own thing. Each yeah. rock is seen as so yeah. it, you kind of have to that's neat to me. That is interesting. Later on, I'm not this is not a spoiler, by the way. Later on, Pattern does say that in passing, where he says, uh, land is sea there and sea is land or yeah. something along those lines. Yeah. So he kind of he that audience, don't worry. This is not me spoiling. She did read that. It's kind yeah. of in a passing note. Anyway, next chapter is called Knives in the Back, Soldiers on the Field. This is also a baller pat chapter. I like this one a lot. Yeah. I seek not to use my grief as an excuse, but is an explanation. People act strangely soon after encountering an unexpected loss. Though Yasna had been away for some time, her loss was unexpected. I, like many, assumed her to be immortal. Me too. So, I also assumed her to be immortal, Navani. Yeah. I'm a little bit upset. From the Journal of Navani Colin, Jessasaksh, 1174. Dalinar is on a bridge run. He's the team that arrives second. He is with a... The, the man he's with is a man who was assigned to duty by Dalinar today. Yeah. It was not the closest. It was the man who's assigned to go get the bridge, which in itself, him being the one who goes, is a good sign for Dalinar. Yeah, I agree. Um, what's the man's name? Um... Aladar's. He's, yeah, he, so he's teaming up with Aladar's thing. Aladar refuses to attack. He's in the back generaling from like a general's t- tent. Yes, he's given his shard plate and stuff to one of his soldiers. Right. Cal- Dalinar is also not attacking anymore because he's given away both his blade and his plate. So he's also... Uh, mil- My man would die if he tried. Yes. So da- uh, Adolin is his leading his army in the in the uh, front. Go Adolin. Yeah, man. Just saying. And like, pop even, off, dude. Even Adolin's banner is what's flying. So it's not even Dalinar's banner flying right now. It's Adolin doing this. Yeah. Um, so Dalinar walks over to Adolar and starts a conversation with him. Aladar, not Adolar. Sorry, Adolar. <laughs> and starts a conversation with her. And Adolar basically is um, trying to military. And he's not super happy with the way that it's going that they like he's kind of mad at Dalinar for like taking trying to like take control from the king and stuff and, and from the individuals yeah um and uh he's pretty mad and Dalinar says but by this way fewer men will die and the uh the honor of the in Adelar uh, Adelar goes don't talk to me about honor Dalinar I can pay my soldiers with honor I can't use the I can't use it to keep other princes from snapping at my neck your plan favors the weakness the weakest among us, and undercuts the successful. And Dalinar says, fine. You don't care about honor. You will follow me. And he says, how can you know? And Dalinar says, um, ask Yenev, who is a person that Sadie has killed. <laughs> when they Oof. were conquering everything, that's a high prince that is now dead because of Sadie, like yeah. because of them conquering. Yeah. And you know, this is another time, I say this often, when you're the freaking Blackthorn, 
you can make threats and people can't stop you yeah. because you're the black you're right. boy. You, Sydney, still don't know the like when we get flashback in the next book, we get flashbacks uh, from Dalinar. And that's when you get to see why these people are scared of Dalinar for yeah. real. And it's the most exciting chapters are when Dalinar is, quote unquote, the Blackthorn. It's exciting. Um, Looking forward to it. Yeah. And then uh, basically after that little interaction where Dalinar straight up threatens the High Prince, the High Prince starts commanding his army to do something based on what the Parshendi are doing. Yeah. And Dalinar goes, you're wrong. That won't work. Yeah, here's what will work. And Adelar says, you're not in charge of this one. He says, I know. I'm just suggesting. Pause. Do what Dalinar says. <laughs> and Dalinar ended up being right. And be- Go Dalinar. And because of his smart planning, uh, the co- the Colit or not the Colit, the Alethi people win the fight over the Parshendi. Yeah. But Dalinar notices something. On a nearby plateau, some Parshendi stop, and the Parshendi Shardbearer was there. Yeah. Not fighting, but just there. Just watching. Which observing. Dalinar finds very concerning. Very sus. Yeah. What's happening there? He doesn't know. Uh and then he got back. He gets back to his place after this whole thing, right? Yeah. And finds a letter. And he, we don't get to know who the letter is from. But what we learn is it turned out to be from an old friend who was going to arrive soon to the Shattered Plains and who might provide a solution to Dalinar's problems. Weird. Who is, you, who is it, you think? Um, I don't really know. I don't really have any thoughts on who it might be. We know them. Is it Wit? <laughs> that actually is a great guess. I'm proud of that guess. Good job. <laughs> that's, that's I good guess. I hope it's wit. Next so, next chapter. It's probably not because Dalinar thinks I wish we could find wit. Yeah, Dalinar, Dalinar doesn't know where wit's at. I wish it was wit. I want it to be wit. Can it be hoid? Uh, we like wit hoid. Hoid. I'm still hoid? proud of you for sounding the hoid alarm at the right moment. Thank you. I am pretty proud of that too. <laughs> anytime anytime we read a, a Brandon book, we need to do the hoid alarm again. I agree. That's not true. Anytime we read a Brandon book in the Cosmere, we need to do the hoid alarm again because he always shows up sometime. I love hoid. I was pretty proud of that one. That was pretty solid finding by me. Why is your voice doing that? I don't know. My voice is all I got. <laughs> you became a Muppet. <laughs> anyway. Don't make fun of me. Sorry. Chapter nine. Go ahead, Sydney Lyerly. Walking the grave. Walking the grave. Ah, sorry. <laughs> am I a man or am I a Muppet? Uh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, okay. Walking the Grave, Chapter 9. The little journal bit says, I wish to think that had I not been under Sorrow's thumb, I would have seen earlier the approaching dangers. Yet in all honesty, I'm not certain anything could have been done. So I don't know what that means, but... That's great. We know that's upcoming. It's from the Journal of Devani Colin. Yes, it's actually eleven twenty four. Everyone knows. I'm not reading that I want, anymore. I feel like it's needed. It's not. If you don't know it by this point, where have you been? Yeah. Okay. What happens in this chapter? I'm getting there. I just want to know. I'm getting there. Go ahead. So we're back with Kaladin. Oh, good. And they're in a chasm, <gasps> which is freaking great. They've gone right back to the chasms. Well, why? Because they're going down there to train the new bridge men. Because the bridge men won't go down in the chasm. No, they will. <laughs> because, well, the real reason is bridge men won't listen. Yeah. Uh, but they all know the story of them training in the chasms. Yep. So doing this kind of invites them to be like a part, a real the... part of Kaladin's yes. team. I agree. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So they go down there. These chasms are a bit messy because no one has ever been down into them. So that's Good. Fun. That's how the chasm should be. I agree. But yeah, they're down there. Uh, you know, they're gonna start. They're gonna start training. So that's pretty cool. Cowden kind of goes off on his own with Syl. Yeah. And uh, did you want to do a dramatic reading of? 
Nah. No? Okay. I said I did earlier, but then we did two other ones. And well, it's... not on this podcast. Yeah, I Ka- said... Colton texted me earlier about it. When I was so. reading this, I thought this would be cute. Basically, it's just kind of yeah, uh, uh, Syl and Kaladin being, doing a cute interaction. Yeah, they're just kind of talking. Uh, they're talking about Dalinar wanting to refound the Knight's Radiant, and Syl's like, yeah, I wish I'd thought of that. It's a great idea. Yeah. Syl really likes Dalinar, and I think that's a good sign. Good, yeah. <laughs> I think anyone Syl likes is automatically a good person in my mind. When a friend that represents honor is drawn to you, it's a good thing. That means you're probably an honorable person. Yeah. Well, Syl mentions a cryptic, and Cowden's like, what's that? And she's like, I don't know. Because she says, Cowden uh, says he thinks she might lie. And she says, lie? Kaladin, what do you think I am? A cryptic? Yeah. And she's like, what's that? And she goes, man, that's a good question. <laughs> it's I just know I'm not one of them. She says things and then doesn't know what they are. And I just think that's really funny. Her memory is clearly coming back in like well, patches. The same with pattern. So I think the idea here is when this friends come from Shadesmar, they forget things. Well, yeah. Well, also, real fast, that. we find out, yes, we find out that she wasn't supposed to come. Mm. Just the cryptics or like the lie spread and those types of spread were supposed to come to earth who forbade her um somebody kaladin <laughs> kaladin saw him oh the almighty well storm or storm father so the storm father yeah. forbade. did she say that yes okay the storm father forbade sill from coming back to this side yeah but still does it anyways and so does it anyways and she says you saw him in the storm remember yeah so the giant face kaladin saw eating the entire sky is the storm father yeah but I think that's interesting that Sil came anyways. And so I just, yeah, it's interesting. I also think it's interesting the Spren forget everything. And she basically became Windspren, and the only reason her memories got back was because of the bond she has with Kaladin. Yeah, and if she lost that, she would start to forget everything again. Kind of become like Windspren again. Yeah. Uh, so it's just it's interesting. They're talking about the whole thing with Dalinar and how she she tells Kaladin that he needs to become what Dalinar is looking for. And yeah. Kaladin's like, I can't. Yeah. They're going to take everything from me. And Syl's like, no, it, that's not going to happen. It will be okay. And so they just, she's trying to reassure him that it'll be okay. And Kaladin's not really listening. Yeah. But then he promises that he'll try. And then Rock appears. And Rock! Syl and Rock have a very cute little interaction. <laughs> you don't even acknowledge me. You don't even acknowledge me doing that. <laughs> what was I supposed to say when you scream I Rock? Know. I thought you would say something. No. Okay. You get no response from me. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, um What is it, Rock? Uh-huh. Rock is <laughs> Rock real quick says Kaladin's name funny, which I, I think is it. really interesting. Oh, it's Kaladin. Instead of Kaladin. And I just think that's fun. I really like Rock. I do too. Um but Rock or Kaladin pulls out a um a sphere from one of the like dead soldiers and it's like, This is a lot of money. Yeah. And Rock's like I'm using this to buy us good food. <laughs> good food. <laughs> and I like good that. Soup. And so Rock Rock's plan is to make to make good food, which is I I, I mean, love that Rock is the cook. I mean that's his job, right? He yeah. got hired as the cook now. Yeah, make it's really food. great. I love it. Yeah. Um, but Rock is or Cowden's starting to say, well, they're the new bridgemen are starting to open up a little bit. Yeah. So that's really, really good. This is starting to work. And Rock then says, by the way, Sigzil sent me to find you. He wants to start training, and Calvin's like, oh, or testing the powers. Fine. Yeah. And that's where the chapter ends. Well, cha- the chapter ends with Rock saying, "Ha! Finally, I will fetch him." And then he runs <laughs> off. I love Rock so much. Rock's a great guy. Now it's time for chapter ten. It's called uh, 
Red Carpet Once White takes place six years ago. The world ended, and Shalon was to blame. Pretend it never happened, her father whispered. He wiped something wet from her cheek. His thumb came back red. I'll protect you. Was the room shaking? No, that was Shalon. Trembling, she felt so small. Eleven had seemed old to her once, but she was a child, still a child, so small. She looked up her father with a shudder. She couldn't blink. Her eyes were frozen open. Father started to whisper, blinking tears. Now go to sleep in chasms deep with darkness all around you. A familiar lullaby, one he always used to sing to her. In the room behind him, dark corpses stretched out on the floor. A red carpet, once white. Though rock and dread may be your bed, so sleep, my baby dear. Father gathered her into his arms, and she felt her skin squirming. No, no, this affection wasn't right. A monster should not be held in love. A monster who killed, who murdered. No, she could not move. Now comes the storm, but you'll be warm. The wind will rock your basket. Father carried Shalon over the body of a woman in blue and gold. Little blood there. It was the man who bled. Mother lay face down, so Shalon couldn't see the eyes. The horrible eyes. Almost, Shalon could imagine the lullaby was the end to a nightmare. That it was night, that she had awakened screaming, and her father was singing her to sleep. The crystals fine will glow sublime, so sleep, my baby dear. They passed father's strongbox set into the wall. It glowed brightly, light streaming from the cracks around the closed door. A monster was inside. And with a song, it won't be long. You'll sleep, my baby dear. With Shalon in his arms, father left the room and closed the door on the corpses. So that's chapter 10. Hey, what happened in there, Sydney? Well, there was a shard bearer, for sure, of some sort, mm-hmm. because Shalon's mother had eyes. Not great. When you hear dead eyes, you know. Mm-hmm. But there's also someone else who was killing because there's regular blood, too. So it wasn't just a shard bearer. Right. So that's interesting. I think Shalon has something to do with it because she think- she's thinking of herself as a murderer. So she had to have something to do with it. She's thinking of herself or who else could be the murderer? Could be her father. Because when her father and her hug, she thinks a murderer doesn't deserve love. Yeah. She could be thinking that she doesn't deserve love or that he doesn't deserve love. Could be one or the other. We so don't know. We don't know. But good golly, what an introduction to flashback. I know. The first time we see Shalon, she's 11 in a room crying, covered in blood. Uh, clearly, she has seen something. 11 is so young for this to happen to you. Right? That's terrible. Right? I feel so bad for Shalon. Yeah. Well, my girl's got trauma. That is such a dark chapter. It's actually when I read it, it was so. I think that's one of the most baller, just random juts in. That I went out and just read that chapter fully to one of my friends who's never read this book. Yeah. And just that, he went, that's freaky, man. Why'd you read that? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, really, it is. One of the best introductions, though. Now I want to know more about uh, back in time, Shalon. I agree, which I'm sure we will. Yeah, of course. She's a flashback character in this book. All right. Next chapter. (laughs) um, We flip the page and there's a little map of where Shalon landed. Uh, From what? From the shipwreck. Yes. So yeah, chapter 11 is called An Illusion of Perception. An Illusion of Perception. And the journal bit says, But understandably, we were focused on Sadius. His betrayal was still fresh, and I saw its signs each day as I passed empty barracks and grieving widows. We knew that Sadius would not simply rest upon his slaughters and pride. 
more was coming. From the Journal of Devani Colin. Just a Zach, 1174. We know. That actually sounded like I sped myself up in post-production. <laughs> that was real time. I just read it that fast. How did you do that? Didn't it sound you like... You should be an auctioneer. Didn't it sound like double time? Yeah, I was, it did. When I was listening, it literally sounded like <laughs> I sometimes speed up people talking, not in this podcast, but sometimes I've done yeah. it before, and I genuinely just thought it sounded like that. I'm proud of myself. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Shalana wakes up, and she's on like some rocks. She's not in the ocean anymore, which is really, really good. She's near the she's near the shore, but not quite on the shore. Yes. And she she wakes up and she's like, Huh? How did I how yeah. did I get here? Yeah. How did I suffer? Which is a good question. But she finds out that the Santhids, you remember the Santhid? The Santhid saved her life. Oh. So that's really cool. Good job, Santhid. Pattern is with her. Um, we don't know whether any of the other sailors made it, which I really hope they do. Yeah. I'd be really sad. I mean, I don't know if we'll ever find out, but I hope, I hope they did. I hope they survived. Yeah. Uh, but she's talking to Pattern because Pattern is there. Do you think Pattern can die? Probably not. It's a good question. I don't know. I don't think so. But anyways, uh, Pattern's there and Yasna's, or Yasna, sorry. Shalon's like, oh my gosh, Yasna's dead. Yasna's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Still, it's still, sad. still, still dead. Yasta I is. want Yasta to come back. I'm so <laughs> upset. Your and voice is getting higher and higher too. I'm so sad. I'm so sad. <laughs> um. Anyways, patterns like Shalon, like, are you good, girl? Yeah. And Shalon's like, all right, time to get to work. We can't sit here forever. And so she starts to stand up, and it's she's freezing. It's cold. She's scared. Her feet hurt. Like. She's just trying to trying to find firewood. Yeah. It's not going very well. well. She walks up and down the rocky beach to try yeah. and find people and destroys her feet. Her feet are bleeding. It's it's not going well. And she tries to she finds firewood and she you know wants to like that's so that's her goal. She tries to find firewood. Pause. Okay? Before she finds firewood, I know, I'm what does there. she find? I'm getting oh, okay. there. Yeah, she uh she finds of course Yasna's wooden trunk with all of Yasna's stuff in it. Still dry. Somehow. How in the world did the trunk... Okay. Let's just say the Santa did it. The Santa did it. Santa grabbed Shalana one tentacle and the trunk in the other. It's so... <laughs> this is such a... It's a very good book. But I love the fact that Brandon Sanderson was like, we're going to kill Yasna, but don't you worry. All of her work will be okay. I, I, It's kind of a necessity. This one's the most suspended disbelief part because it's like... By all laws of physics, that trunk should not be That here. trunk should be on the bottom of the freaking ocean. And the inside should be soaked. But the Santa did it. Well, the inside I kind of understand because I think the inside's waterproof. Oh, okay. I think that's mentioned that the inside is waterproof. The like Santa it's designed it. to be waterproof. It was waterproof. the Santa. He grabbed it. Maybe. Yeah. Or maybe it was pattern. Could have been pattern. Pattern. It just makes me laugh. I yeah. just thought that was funny. I read this and I was like, of course. This is... This uh, is of course. I, well, at least... So basically, it's helpful, too, for the storytelling of, like, Yasna knew things. Shalon didn't know things. This is a shortcut for Shalon to know, to learn the things Yasna yeah. knew. Yeah. It's interesting. But anyways, uh, Shalon has made – time skips forward. Shalon's made a fire pit, and she's trying really, really hard to get the fire started. And she tries, like, going to Shadesmar. She tries using the light. She needs to balance, by the way. It's like a whole thing. Trying to figure out how to balance halfway between Shadesmar and the real world. Yeah. So that she doesn't sink into the bead ocean. Yes. But she's still able to interact with the beads on the other side. Yeah. Which she gets after a few tries. Yes. She does get there, and she but she's exhausted. She's really, really tired. She's struggling. She's talking to a stick, and the stick's like, I am a stick. And she's like, no, be fire. I am a stick. Be fire. It's like Groot. Yeah. It's literally like Groot. In my head, when I read this, I read it in a Groot voice. 
to be fair, it's because it's it's been thought about. It doesn't. It, it's not thought of as an intelligent idea. Yeah. Same. Like the boat is thought of as a like thing with pride and has a lot of motion attributed to it. Yeah. A stick is just there. Also, n- to note, exhaustion's friend. She sees them in shades more above her. Yeah. And they're like the size of giant birds. Yes. The biggest, but in real in the uh, like physical world. All spent are pretty small. Yeah. So it was kind of shocking to see a giant pterodactyl-sized exhaustion spread. Yeah, that'd be pretty shocking. Yeah. But she's running out of stormlight. She's tired. She she can't get it. She cannot get the fire to start. And so she she decides, even though she's exhausted, she decides, I need to move. I need to find somebody if I can. She wanders off, find, sees some light, finds a fire pit with people around it, gets there, and then just passes out. She walks up, looks people in the eyes, so they all know she's a light eyes now. Doesn't recognize any of the faces and just collapses by the fire. And takes a nap. Well, takes a sleep. She wakes up in the morning. Yeah. She wakes up and the people are still there. And a Thalen man. Brightness. Yes. How do I do the Thalen accent? Brightness. I don't know. Brightness. I don't know. We'll see. It's fine. Um, A Thalen man wakes her up and. As I said. We find out the Thalen man. Thalen man is a slaver whose name is Tavlaka. Guess who's back? Back. Back back again. Back again. Again, again, Tvlaka's back, 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 back tell back a friend, and, Pretty solid. Yes, who's back, yes, who's back, yes, who's back. Sorry. So yeah, Tla- if you remember Tvlaka, he was the guy who had Kaladin. Who he was Kaladin honestly Slaver. was a not great guy, but pretty decent guy for a slaver. We hate slavers. Tvlaka was pretty honorable as a slaver. Yeah, and Tvlaka's like, I am a humble merchant, and Shalon's like, no, you're a slaver. And he says, as I said. I am a merchant. This is funny. He's got two guards, which we know are Bluth and Tag, but we don't. He's not mentioned. It, it's, they're not named in this. They're not named in it. I still think we should rank them and rank the characters. You think? I mean, they're there. I mean, they're not named. I don't really care about them. We already know them. Yeah, but they're not named. They could be different guards. Okay, Sydney and I will debate this off off mic, and we'll decide if we rank Bluth and well, Tag. Well, they could be. They could be different guards. I'm not lying. But they're the same guards, though. <laughs> we don't know that. Okay. <laughs> I don't care. Um. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> Shalon then thinks about what Yasna taught her about being like strong and showing off like power. Well, she remembers that it's an illusion of perception. Yes. Power is an illusion of perception. And Shalon's like, all right, as you see, I was a victim and I need you to go fetch my trunk and take me to the Shattered Plains. And Slovakov's like, I just came from there. Yeah, I don't have any interest in this. I do not want to go back. And she's like, I don't care. Yeah. She's not mean about it though. She makes a point no. to never be like no. rude, just no. assertive. Yes. And the guys, and Tavlakov's like, you do realize that's going to be a very expensive trip. And Shalon's like, trust me, I can pay for it. I'm engaged to the freaking Blackthorn's son. I think I'll be fine. And Tavlakov's like, okay, fine. And so, yeah, they, they agree. They go and get her trunk. Which obviously they don't know it's not hers, but they go and get Yasna's trunk and bring it back. And they, Shalon has a moment of what if they go in the rock junction, but they start going in the right way towards the Shattered Plains. And that's where we end. And side thing three things to note. One, Shalon wakes up and her fingers are sticking out of her safe, uh, safe hand. Yeah. She doesn't think it was like that when she went to sleep. Sus. A little bit gross. Second yeah. thing, when she walked there, she certainly had a sphere in her hand. Mm. It's gone. Third thing, she was worried they were going to continue to rob and rob her trunk, but they don't seem to have interest in that. Yeah. Because also her spheres that were in her safe pouch are still in there. Yeah. So they may have unzipped her pouch to look at her hand, which is the equivalent of a pretty gross thing. Yes. But 
they did not actually rob her. And it also is not confirmed that that's the case. It might have just, she was exhausted. She might have just had it rip open when she was sleeping. Yeah. But if that happened, that makes it, that's a really nasty thing. Yeah. But yeah, those are three things to note. Yeah. So, All right. It's interesting. Uh, so now Shalon's on her new adventure, riding with Tavlakov and Tag and Blues to try and get to the Shattered Plains. Kaladin's on his new adventure of training people to so that he has enough to guard Dalinar, yep. also police the Unclaimed Hills, and yep. also guard Navani, Adolin, Renarin, and Elokar. Lots and of people. Dalinar's on his new adventure to uh, found the Knights Radiant before 62 days are up yeah. and to uh, unite all of Alethkar. So basically a lot of uh, adventures. A lot of adventures, Adolin's yeah. on his new adventure to, to duel every high prince. Yep. Are there any other adventures I, I missed? Um, I don't think so. But there's a lot going on. Yas is on her adventure to through uh, <sighs> the afterlife, heaven or hell. We'll see. Wits on his adventure. I'm we don't so know what upset. he's doing. Yeah, I know you're upset. I'm sorry. I can't believe he did that. Anyway, uh, Sydney, Sydney, I think it's time. Do you think it's time? It is time. Let's do it. Rank the characters. Woo! Okay. All who right, did we hey, see this week? You ready? This yes. is who we saw this week. We saw Shalon, Yasna, Dalinar, a Knight Radiant. Navani, Rushu, Kaladin, Rock, Sigzo, Moeshkar, Sil, Sadius, Yali, Tashav, General Kal, Adolin, Elokar, Renarin, Pattern, Aladar, Shalon's father, Tavlakov, Blue, Tag, and Teft. And our ranking for this week is Shalon, she's at the top. She's been doing good work this week. Followed by Kaladin, because he's so nice. Dalinar, because he's so honorable. Sil, because she's so funny. Rock, because he's so funny. Pattern, because he's so funny. Navani, <laughs> because she's very, very cool and lovey, and I like her. Teft, because he's very, very cool. Moash, because he's sassy and fun. Sigzel, because he's a scientist. Scar. Scientist? Yes. Scar, because he's around. <laughs> Adolin, because... Adolin's kind of a brat, but I like it. A, a, a likable brat. Renarin, because he's cute and, and nerve A likable brat, to be specific. General Call, because he's around. Same with Tashav, Elakar, because he's around. Night Radiant was in the vision. Don't know much about them, but they seemed honorable. Rushu was funny and annoying, but not great. Then Shalon's father uh, potentially killed his wife and man, not a fan. Uh, then Tavlakov, because he's a slaver. Then Bluth and Tag, because they're slavers. And then Aladar. Uh, because he refuses to do anything that's honorable no matter what. Yeah. Then in The Wish You Were Dead, we have Iali followed by Sadius for what we would call obvious reasons. Then yeah. in the actual dead tier, we have Yasna. <laughs> Not Yasna. <laughs> who was the top five, this bottom five? This breaks my heart. I know. Okay, top five and bottom five from last week. Top five was Shalon, Cowden, Yasna, Teft, and Moash. Yeah. And the bottom five was Lys, Lys Gavilar, Amram, Gangna, and Sadius. So these both have a few changes. First, yes. top five, Shalon Kaladin stay at top. Then, of course, the third best character, Dalinar, hops in there as three. Yep. Then Yasna goes down to four, and Pattern takes the fifth spot because Pattern is so funny and Pattern cute. is pretty cool. We like Pattern a lot. He's very cute and it funny. It was between Pattern and Syl, and we decided to go with Pattern. For even though week. we ranked Syl higher for the week, yeah. we decided to go with Pattern because Pattern's cool. Yes, and he's he's funny. He is funny. I like Syl a lot too, though. It I was very between the like two. Like as a character writing, he's he's a worse character but funnier person. Yeah. Then bottom five, Liz stays on the list just barely. Then Amaram moved a little bit less bad this week. He went from third. This we haven't seen him. Third worst, second worst. Then Iali jumped all the way up to third worst. Then Gagna because she killed Gavilar. Then finally on the bottom of the list we have Sadius where, where he, he belongs. belongs. I hope Sadius hits the bottom of the list forever and ever and ever. He can take Gaz's spot. Gaz stayed for so long, and now Sadius is staying for a long time, too. Yeah. Where he belongs. All right. Sadius sucks. Thank you, the audience, for listening to this episode. Sadius sucks, and that's true. Yep. Uh, Sydney, what should they read for next week? 
Next week, make sure you read chapters 12, interludes 1, 2, 3, and 4, chapter 13, 14, and 15. So 12 through 15 mm-hmm. with the interludes in between. Have those read because if you don't, Sydney will... Um, what's a... Oh, she'll crash your, your ship that you're on. Oh, that's not what I thought you were going to say. She'll stab you. That's what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that I was going to murder you like Yasna. No, no, no. She's going she's gonna to rip your, sh- your ship to shreds, and I promise there won't be a Santa to help you. You'll just sink into the middle of the ocean. You'll just drown to death. That's uh, terrible, actually. Yeah, I know. That is not a good way to go. That's the, the ocean, um, being like out to sea. That out to scares sea me. Is my biggest single, f- I, single biggest fear is out to sea. I also think my single biggest fear is... Okay, my two biggest fears, drowning and burning to death, yeah. are the worst ways to go, in my opinion. Really? Yes. And I think one of my biggest fears, I don't know that I can ever go under a cruise ship. Like, I swim really? well. I was a competitive swimmer for a very long time, so I'm a good swimmer. Oh, flex on us more, Cindy. <laughs> but going on a cruise ship scares me, and I think part of that's because of the Titanic. The, book, I, the, the movie Titanic. Yes. Yeah. But also that whole idea scares me. I know cruise ships are safer now, but that's still the idea of being stranded out at sea scares the living daylights out of me. Right. And so I don't know that I can ever get myself onto a cruise ship. Going on a cruise would be cool. Yeah. But I think I'd have to be talked into it. There are other things I would much rather be doing. Like I I like swimming in the ocean. Like right. I have nothing against swimming in the ocean. Right. But being in the middle of nowhere with no land near me, at least when I'm swimming in the ocean, there's still land there. I can still see it. I can reach it. Right. I'm fine with that. <laughs> being in the middle of the ocean where I can't see it or reach it, no. It will not happen. I refuse. Yeah. That's all. Um, update for you that I just noticed that I think you'll find interesting. But Next week we're reading uh, the, all the first set of interludes. Yeah. The week after that we're reading just part two. The week after that, we're reading the second set of interludes. That's crazy. We have only one week in section two before we're moving on to week three. That actually three. happens every time. Yeah, we're, almost. We're gonna not quite. This book is gonna. We're gonna fly through this sucker. I'm excited. We're I, gonna zoom. This speed is the right speed for me to read. I like getting through books fast. I'm excited, and this this episode hopefully wasn't too much longer. It was a little bit yeah. longer than normal, but not too terrible. Yeah. Thank you guys all so much for listening. Also, thank you to uh, Alessia for making the intro and outro. It's called Wind Runner Remake. We really appreciate it. It's a great song. You should go download it. It's very fun. Um, and that's A-L-E-Z-E-I-A on Spotify. Also, make sure you um, uh, share this with your friends. Tell them to come listen to this book. If you enjoy our podcast, let your friends know about it. We would really, really appreciate that. Thank yeah. you so much. My name is Colton Pratt. And I'm Cindy Lyerly. I love you. Peace. Why are you still here? The show's over.